Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and all and welcome to the phoy eagles podcast on a friday afternoon bo wolf zach berman joined by daniz selman the professor back for the second week in a row lots to talk about as we get into this eagles cowboys matchup we'll probably save about five minutes for that after we talk about the christian ellis fiasco for the first uh you know 55 percent of the show or i guess 55 minutes of the show rather zach how are you I'm doing well. A professor and a priest walk into a studio, right? I feel like there's a, a punchline to come. But uh, you work on that punchline <laughs> as a fan of comedy. But no, it's great to it's it's great to be here with uh, you after uh, your performance yesterday that was heard all around the internet, <clears throat> and always good to see all around the Novacare complex. It sounds like yes. lots of questions for Nick Sirianni today, and always good to see Professor Selman, uh, and and ready for good, nuanced, informed discussion. Of a huge Eagles-Cowboys game. I actually saw, uh, I, I believe it was Chris Canty said, this is the biggest regular season game of Dak Prescott's career. So, you know, when there's that type of uh, hyperbole, this is a big game. And looking forward to discussing it. And Chris Canty would know a lot about big regular season games. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah what a weird, uh, what I mean, what a weird. I mean, Chris uh, Gantz is quite I mean. an accomplished player. He, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. It's just because he for, went to UVA. For now, a, you guys should be talking Charlotte for players. a classy organization. By the way, he won the Super Bowl, the New York Giants. Well, for, we're all very happy for him. Uh, we've got a, we've got a uh, we've got a studio audience today, Zach. Uh, you got a chance to meet Mr. Steve Wolf before the show. Yeah, they they after s- all these years, where I'm finally introducing you to the parent. I'm all. Uh, Awesome to meet him. I, I, I say this sincerely, like a, a big, you know, 10-year-old Zach would, would be awestruck. 37-year-old Zach is still awestruck, but uh, I've, met, I've, I've known Bo now for a long time, and so I can, I can see where the talent comes from. Yeah, yeah I think that's, there's no doubt about that, but, you know, we're, we're, all, we're all awestruck to be here with Dana's, and we've got a lot to talk about. We'll play Goose Wisely at the end as well. And give you our crystal ball digo predictions, but let's uh, let's send it to the Stone Cold Newsman first, Zach, because there is some news from the Novacare Complex, and after that we can continue to unpack the yeah. Christian Ellis thing. So jokes aside and bits aside, 
the Christian Ellis situation did not work out the way the Eagles anticipated. After the show, a few hours after the show, Christian Ellis did not clear waivers. He was claimed by the New England Patriots. And had he not been claimed by the New England Patriots, there were five other teams who put in claims. Six to, teams. Who, uh, who put in claims to get him. Including the greatest football mind ever, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. The, uh, you know, consensus best defensive coordinator in football and Vic Fangio. Uh, one of the great linebackers of our era, Mike Vrabel. The defensive coordinator of last year's Super Bowl losers, Jonathan Gannon. I mean, the, like, these are some of the smartest people in football who are claiming Christian Ellis. I so, think you could have just called him last year's Super Bowl loser. <laughs> Jeez, you can never resist a shot. Uh but Sean Payton, another one of the great coaches of this era. Look, and the I respect the bit and respect your commitment to the bit, but this is something relevant to the Eagles in that Christian Ellis uh, played the most special team snaps for the Eagles this season. He's played 78% of the special team snaps. As you said in your monologue yesterday, the, it was more like a soliloquy than a monologue, actually. It was a sermon. <laughs> as you said, your sermon, that there was uh, that... That's the unit that's actually playing best for the Eagles right now. This is a, a guy who's been a leader for that for that unit. So that, that is a void. The Eagles expected Christian Ellis to clear waivers. Uh, his locker was clear today. He's, he's off to New England. He did not clear waivers. Uh, so so now the Eagles are going to have to figure out how to replace him on on special teams. So we'll we'll get to that discussion. Also in the in the news, Darius Slay, who uh, missed practice on Wednesday Thursday back on the practice field today. We'll probably find out his status during the show, but I'm expecting him to play. I would watch out for Julio Jones. He he, he was out there today, uh, but he's missed time, so we'll see what happens with his watch injury status. Watch out for status. him in what sense? Whether he plays or not. Okay. He might be... Julio's coming. Julio's coming. I don't know about this weekend, though, but mm. he, he he will be there, right? <laughs> uh, and then otherwise, pretty, uh, pretty clear from an injury perspective, Dallas Goddard uh, has been a full participant. He will play... And I would just watch out. I'm I'm curious if there's a practice squad elevation. Uh, if Brandon Smith maybe gets 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 elevated, given that he's really the only linebacker that they have. If they want that body type, they could go with like uh, Makai Garner, who's played special teams for them. But there is a void on, on special teams. I asked Nick Sirianni today how they're going to replace him, and he mentioned Ben Van Sumeren. But the reality is Ben Van Sumeren played Sorry the there. most yeah. special team snaps last week of any player, right? So Van Sumer has already been a part of the special team. So it's who's going to take Christian Ellis's spot. Uh, I'm very curious to see. So a few things here. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, let's talk about Brandon Smith quickly because okay. a great article that you had on uh, all PHLY today. Thank you. Asking guys about who like is flashing for them on the scout team. Devontae Smith, who we've talked about as like a reliable narrator before. He called out Brandon Smith, your boy. Yeah, uh, clearly Brandon Smith has made an impression on Devontae because he's not even covering Devontae. He's a linebacker, right. right? That was one of the only answers that was not just like the guy that you go he's, up against. Yes, and uh, when I spoke to, I'll give a little behind the scenes here. When I spoke to Devontae Smith, Brandon, uh, Brandon Smith was still relatively new um, to the Eagles. So Devontae didn't quite know his name yet, identified him by appearance and college, okay? And then I was able to fill in the blanks okay. from, you know, from there. You give me the description in the college, I say, oh, Brandon Smith. Uh, but Brandon Smith was was also mentioned, I believe, by DeAndre Swift as well. Um, so Brandon Smith's the only other linebacker on the on the practice squad. Uh, from that story, two quick things that, that I would say. A.J. Brown, if, if, if you're 
if you haven't sold your Keely Ringo stock yet, read AJ Brown's description of him. And, and AJ Brown was excited to share that he thinks Keely Ringo needs to kind of put this together and realize the tools that he has, but thinks there's all pro potential if he puts those tools together. Uh, and then He's a little aggressive. A lot of Moro Ojimo love. Uh, the the offensive linemen who are who are, I think are reliable narrators are uh, they speak highly of of, of Moro Ojimo. The reason I, I like that story. The one thing that I don't I, they are not always reliable narrators on is every, any uh, edge rusher who tries, tries hard. hard. Yeah, it's sure. like it's it's you know it, it once it was Joe, Joe Osman once upon yeah. a time. It was Stephen Means like Lane Johnson talking about riding a bull. Uh, Stephen Means like that's the one thing where it's like. Yeah. Okay, this, the fact that this guy's trying is is making an impression. Yeah, but I always think players know. You know, sometimes the the players see the trees and the coaches see the forest, right? So the the players can be reliable um, evaluators of like other players more so sometimes than coaches can be because coaches see them for kind of what they want them to be. It's probably similar. You know, we we have we have greatness in the studio here. I always think like um, that's right. Julia is uh, <laughs> I, producing the show. I always think if 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 you want to know who's who's good on the beat, don't ask the editors, ask the writers, right? Ask the people who are there with them every day. So, yeah, some now okay. some writers don't read other writers. That is true. I, I, yeah, that is true. Okay, okay. Let's let's talk about Christian Ellis. Mm-hmm. I actually think that the special teams part of this is is not the most important hmm. part. I don't think that that is the biggest mistake that they made here. There are two things, right? They could have either expected him to clear waivers and been wrong about that, been very wrong, then they like yes. really mis- misread the league because six teams claimed him, or they were just fine losing him, and that's, you know, whatever. Maybe that's their call. Special teams, they will find a way to make up that production. I think Dennis and I actually have talked offline about... Flex? Like, like uh, Christian Ellis was not making as much of an impact on special teams this year as he did last year. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if people remember, he was promoted... To save the special right. teams last year, the special teams DVOA did. was like they were like twenty eighth. Yeah, I remember you had an article about how it's okay that the special teams is bad because they haven't invested in it. Like right around right, that they're time, by far the youngest in the league. Right, yep. and then uh, Christian Ellis was the big promotion to the roster to save the special teams. But it and like starting that week, like from <laughs> then on, if you just did DVOA from then, they were like top three the rest of the season. So yeah, and we were not seeing that this year. Right. Yeah. But defensively. Now they're in a position where this is a team that is expecting to play into late January. They have three playable linebackers on the team. Zach Cunningham, uh, Shaq Leonard, and Nicholas Morrow. All of all guys who are old and have been injured. So you right? don't consider Van Sumer a playable linebacker? I mean, that is a, that is a big stretch. To, to t- you're going to tell me that he's, a better, he's more ready to play on defense than Christian Ellis is? I, I mean, if that's their call, that's fine. I think that's a little bit wild. Meanwhile, Albert O, and we're not like, like, I don't need to like kill Albert O here, but now that you're getting Dallas Goddard back, he is the fourth tight end. They don't, like Jalen Hurts doesn't throw to the second tight end, let alone the fourth tight end. He doesn't have any time left on his contract. Yes, exactly. And they already have Tangiai on the practice squad. So if you wave Albert O and some team claims him, which is not a guarantee at all, then all of a sudden, okay, your, your worst case scenario, <laughs> like two injuries at tight end, is is Noah Tangiai. That's fine. It's not a big deal. Meanwhile, if there are two injuries at linebacker now, Ben Van Sumeren's going to have to be on the field. So it's wild. So two uh, half-baked takes here that I've heard uh, just, you know, in the media room and asking around. Um, 
I'm curious your guys' opinions on these. And we are spending a lot of time on Christian Ellis. This is fun. This is on brand. <laughs> uh, first being that, it, well, and, and I, I should preface this by saying they definitely thought they were going to get him through, or they definitely hoped they would, they would get him through waivers, not just Hope because not Nick Sirianni said this, but if you just look at the timeline of events, when they agree to terms with, with Shaq Leonard on Monday and they don't make the transaction until Wednesday, the reason you delay a transaction is you think, because by that point, a team's not getting him until Thursday. Teams don't usually make waiver claims late in the week because you don't really get that acclimation thing. If, if, if I, they if thought I, that that was the, yeah. like that was going to work, like but, they deserve what they got. But, uh, yeah. but so here's two half-baked theories for you. Number one, as nominal this is, this is all game theory here. as nominal trade as it was or as as like insignificant a, a trade as it was a theory that was floated out to me that they uh they can't cut albert o because they they surrendered an asset for him and so there's that a saving face if that's true then the second half half fake theory and this one's going to make you laugh and i always like making you laugh okay is that uh we all remember the mario goodrich move yeah to, i to get to, to get the number for kevin byard that Shaq Leonard came in, wore number 50. They waved Christian Ellis. He gets his 53 back. They're not allowed to change numbers during the season. Uh, Nick Sirianni was actually asked on his WIP hit on Tuesday if Shaq Leonard would be able to get his 53. He said he said there's actually rules against that during the season, um, but he stays out of that. So you do wonder, like, are, is this part of placating Shaq to get him his 53? Honestly, I think that's the most reasonable explanation <laughs> because we talked about he he like he could have just come in and been on the practice squad. Yes, there's that wouldn't change anything for him. I feel like it in the in the weeds of the negotiation for which team he's going to choose. There's some demand <laughs> that he's going to be on the active roster and he's going to be number fifty three. Like. Doesn't that make right? I mean, sense? he easily could have done what other veterans have done, which Such is as Julio Jones. Being, yeah, yeah, like Julio Jones. Than Julio Jones. He's got a more you, like, that buys you three weeks, right? But in yes. those three weeks, like Julio's groin would probably give out, and you go to IR or whatever, <laughs> and the roster spot would open anyway, right? And Future so, Hall of Famer catching a stray. Yeah. I, it's I, I feel like that is the answer. <laughs> I mean that that would be ridiculous if that's the case. Yeah, but, Shaq Leonard, you know, in the study with. I mean, uh, my, my perception from everything that those of you who know Howie and know the organization um, have have told me is that Howie knows the league way too well. He does. To think that zero, cla zero <laughs> claims would come in on a player for whom six claims came in. Like, right. that's, like six and zero are very far apart there. I, I just can't imagine that Howie didn't know about any of the six teams that would be interested, which makes me think that they were willing to lose him. And Sirianni saying that they hoped he would be back. Like, what's he going to say? Like, to that question... No matter what they're thinking, he's going to give the answer that he gave today in the presser to the question, which is that we were hoping he would come back. I mean, plus he I'm gasses, sure they were. Plus, Sirianni gasses him up on Monday's press conference. So, like, if you're if you're playing the game of we think we're going to try to hide this guy. Yeah, why not say right. that uh, Nick Morrow had a good game <laughs> instead of Christian Ellis had a good game? Yeah. I mean, they I, would be equally untrue. Also, <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. They they could have cut Nicholas Morrow, by the way. Yeah. And he he's a vested veteran. So he would uh, not be subject to waivers, and they could have signed him to the practice squad. Right. Uh, so that's another move they they could have made. Mm -hmm. Howie, like, yeah, there it it is plausible, by the way, that uh, that they don't think as highly of Christian Ellis as well. Yeah, I mean, as of course, Wolf does. Yeah. I mean. um, but I do think though that wasn't just lip service from from Nick Sirianni. I, I do think, or I'm fairly confident based on like circumstantial evidence that they believed 
that Christian Ellis was was had, they wanted Christian Ellis to come back and be with the team today. I, I think mean, Christ- you watch every single defensive snap multiple times. Yeah, who yeah way, way too many times. Yeah. Um, who would I rather have of those uh, on two? the field? Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> this is like uh, the opposite of uh, Sophie's choice or yeah. whatever. Um, I think Christian Ellis and is where he he belongs, resting in peace with KC Two Hill. <laughs> Uh, they're in the same place spiritually as they, as they, as we were all hoping they would be, and I think we can move on. But that's not for me to decide. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, Daniz. It's uh, it's time for you to leave now. <laughs> That'll be it. Uh, all right. Before we get going and uh, actually into the weeds of this matchup, it's time to tell you about a new sponsor mm. of ours and an old friend and an old friend, Rocket Money, baby, on board with the PHLY Eagles podcast now. Uh, you know, not only are they a sponsor, but I am a client of Rocket Money. Long time going. And you know what they're very good at is I'm not good at keeping track of uh, not only like all of my subscriptions, like which ones maybe overlap with one that my wife has. Like, or, oh, all of a sudden we realize we're both subscribed to, to Hulu or something like that. Really? Hmm. Um, yeah. And then you cancel one. But they also they do the work for you of canceling these things. Oh. And there's one particularly difficult one that I've had to that I've tried to cancel in the past. Um, a newspaper, and you can't get mm. them on the phone, and it's just impossible. And they just they went and did it for me. So that's I mean, Rocket Money is is fantastic. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with one tap. <laughs> I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They will even try to get you a refund on the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com phly. That's rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y, rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. And speaking about products that we are customers of, I talk about Wheelhouse every day, and it's not just because I'm doing an ad read. It's because I am a customer there, and it's holiday season, um, you know, celebrating the holidays in my house. And uh, uh, I ask my son what he wants, and, and what does he say? He says, cards. And where would I get them? Wheelhouse, because Wheelhouse is the... Go to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because the love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Topps Chrome Baseball and Mosaic Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food Starter, and Shy Vintage Sports. If you're looking to grade your sports card collection, Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. If you stop in either of their stores, there's one in Westchester and one in Wayne. They're open seven days a week at 11 a.m. And if you use code PHLY, you will get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in the store. Also, be sure to give them them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. All right. Let's talk Eagles offense against Cowboys defense to start this discussion. Uh, Deniz, do you think that the Eagles need to run the ball? 
<clears throat> like ever, you mean? Or? <laughs> um, <laughs> is that you holding the sign? I think, you know, it was not me holding the sign. I do enjoy... If you could if you could stand outside the Novocare complex and hold a sign, what would the sign say? Oh, if you could only give them one oh, message. Oh, man, putting me on the spot. I, 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 I should have... So, yeah, I should have... Yeah, I would, I would, I would, it would probably have a very, very small font with a lot of writing on it. (laughs) Uh, Would not be an effective sign for that reason. Um, But yeah, yeah, go for it would be a good one for sure. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk around the ball. Uh, by the way, uh, apologies to the audience. My voice isn't so great today because I'm I'm still not recovered from angrily screaming from the stands <laughs> on Sunday. Um, I, you know, Emily was yelling louder next to me, so I had to make sure they could hear me over her. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, I haven't quite recovered. You call that man yell? Go for it. it. Was one of the things I was yelling uh, during that fourth and fourth and three punt, but which Sirianni has not backed off of. Ridiculous, yeah. just ridiculous, and just uh, I mean, just uh, ob- I mean. Almost objectively uh, incorrect uh, decision. Ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Running the ball. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, look, I, I tweeted earlier this week um, a list of the the Eagles games from the last two seasons, 2022 and 2023, by uh, ranked by EPA per rush. And the top nine games were from last year, mm. right? So the running game is not as dominant uh, as it was last season, and one of the things that happens as the early uh, and, and some of the offensive linemen said this to the media earlier this week. I mean, you guys, um, you know, probably heard like Kelsey talking about it. Lane Johnson talked about it in his presser um, that when the early runs are unsuccessful, the coaches usually stop calling them. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously a very small sample. And it's it's something that maybe is unfair to the run game. Right. As a as a concept that's been worked on and practiced all you know off season and all, all week and everything. But the truth is, the, run, the runs have not been as successful uh, in the early going. Um, having said that, the Eagles are still fifth in rushing DVOA, sixth in EPA per rush, seventh in rush success rate. But about the early game and early down running, if you take out the first month when Cam Jurgens yeah, and Lane Johnson and Dallas Goddard were all on the field together, um, and those were the only games where they were all on the field together all season, um, the uh, Eagles are 27th in early down rushing success rate. Um, when excluding that first month, they were very good in the first month, and you remember that that nine minute drive at right. the end of the Tampa Bay yep. game, et cetera. The Vikings game when they just leaned, you know, leaned on the same inside zone the whole time. Yep. Exactly, over and over again. And by the way, I'm glad you brought up that Vikings game because there was this viral clip of um, Mina Kimes and 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 uh, Dan Orlovsky talking about how the Eagles are facing a lot more too high this year, and how uh, one thing that running the ball could do is to attract the you know, extra mm-hmm. safety into the box, which is going to open up things for the pass game and about how the, um, you know, there, there, there were fewer too high defenses last year. That Minnesota game is an interesting uh, counter example to that. They just stayed in the light boxes right. uh, that whole time and just kind of let the Eagles run the ball. So, um, but yeah, so anyway, after that first month, we, we've seen it just not, not be as good. Now the Eagles do run the ball a normal amount. Like mm-hmm. it's not like they've abandoned the run. Uh, they're 10th in, pass rate over expect expectation. And honestly, I wouldn't uh, expect a team with these receivers and this quarterback uh, to be uh, much lower than that. Right. Like, I mean, are you expecting this team to suddenly become, you know, the 49ers and build the entire offense around the run? I mean, I, I just don't think that that would be, um, you know, right. This is Zach's, received very uh, well. You know, they've got AJ Brown and Devante Smith. Yeah. If you're the opposing defensive coordinator, you want them to run the ball. Right. Exactly. Now this is going to be the first time we've seen Lane Johnson, 
Cam Jurgens and Dallas Goddard all playing together since that first month. I mean, Cam mm. Jurgens went down midway through week four. That's exactly when the run uh, stats got worse. And then since he's been back, Lane Johnson missed a game, and then Dallas Goddard has missed all the games since 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 he's been back. So that's something to look at. I think that's well said. Yeah, that's that's like a rational take on the running game that uh, I think this city could use right now. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen these solutions that say like well, Jalen's hurt and. Uh, you should interrupt me anytime, by the way. Like, I, I, I can go on. But no, like, we, we, that's I mean, what you're here for. I've heard people say, like, run from under center, like, run from the pistol. And I, th- th- those two things have two different answers. Like, one, this team just does not run the ball from under center. Like, that just doesn't exist in yeah. this. And the, the Eagles, when you take out the uh, quarterback sneaks, ranked dead last, 32nd, in plays from under center, period. Like, let alone running or not right. running. Um, 2% of the snaps have been from under center when you take out the sneaks. And so um, it's not suddenly going to get installed now. It's not like they're going to install a whole under center run game now. That clearly wasn't part of the plan. As for Pistol, the Eagles have run the ball from Pistol, fifth most in the league, 44 times, and have had 36% success rate, which is below what they get from the shotgun, and minus 0.15 EPA per rush, which is bad. They've been much better from the shotgun than that, too. So it's not like they haven't been doing that. Jordan Mailata said earlier this week that every run play seems like one guy is making a mistake. And I went through the film this week and, oh man, it's like if Kelsey gets the safety on that crack toss or if uh, uh, Zacchaeus blocks the nickel on this one, like it's going to go. And and there are all these examples where it's just like one guy didn't didn't do the, the right thing. And Kelsey's talked about this. That's the thing with the run game. You need everybody to be perfect. You can't just have the quarterback throw it to A.J. Brown and he makes an awesome play and it doesn't really matter that there was pressure from the left side or something in a run play, those things get exposed. And, and no, I don't want to turn this into like demystifying data, but while we have you on set here, it's, it is worth demystifying this. We use the term success rate quite a bit here. Uh, and it's a, it's a metric that, that we can look at and it's, it's standardized across the teams, but can you explain specifically why that is helpful in the running game, the uh, rushing success rate? Yeah, so, I mean, if you just look at yards per carry, right, um, if you get six yards on literally every carry, that's going to be six yards per carry. And then if you get, you know, 60 yards on one carry and zero on nine, that's also going to be six yards per carry. So looking at yards per carry is obviously not the right way to do it. Also, a one-yard run from the one-yard line is uh, very valuable, right? Mm-hmm. They give you they give you six points for that. That's all you got. <laughs> and, and, but it's only one yard. It yep. lowers your average. I mean, it's silly to talk about yep. it that way. So success rate is a measure of whether you um, increased your expected points for the drive by that last play. So pretty much any first down is going to be successful. And then a run on first down of usually more than five yards, depending on where you are in the field, is going to be successful. And also to give people baselines here, um, and I think people don't know the baselines usually, and, and I didn't know the baselines. I had to like kind of calculate them myself. Average success rate in the NFL is 43%. Okay, so this isn't like... For run plays or for all for plays? For all plays. Yeah. Uh, for run plays, it's 45.6%. And for rushing plays, it's 38.9%. So we're not quite talking baseball levels here, but the the amount to be above average is not great. Like, it's not like, this isn't like, you know, 64 fails or something. It's not like school, right? Um, 38.9% is the average success rate. So when we talk about the Eagles' success rate is 43% on runs. That's good. That's good enough for seventh in the league. And and they were 0% this past week, correct? 0% on all Running plays back. other than quarterback sneaks. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, like 11 total plays, one quarterback run and 10 running back runs, and they were all unsuccessful. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what those under center plays that weren't sneaks were other than the fake sneaks. But Yeah, so they have had this package out of 21 
okay. where yeah. it's usually Boston Scott uh, in the backfield with Swift running the jet motion. That's right. And the only reason they've run that play is to make it um, believable that they're going to hand off to the running back to 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 the to the actual back as right. opposed to the jet motion right. guy uh, when they do. And so it worked in Kansas City. They they did they did the for like two yards in the first half to right. Boston Scott. And then out of the same motion, they handed it off to Swift. And we remember what happened. That was like one of the biggest plays right. in that game, kind of turned that game around. Now, from your watching uh, vantage point, your opinion, how much of this aside, you know, everybody's making, you know, there's, it seems like there's one mistake on every run play. If Jalen Hurts was, you know, the athletic player that he was last season and running yeah. to the same degree, how much do you think that would be like, the panacea for the running game. I'm getting old and 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 I have I have trouble remembering how long ago things were. <laughs> um but I remember a game where Jalen Hurts won the game with a walk-off quarterback draw, mm. touchdown in overtime. I don't remember what season <laughs> or what year that what week that was. Now. Okay. Um I, you know like like in that game he seemed fine to me. Yeah. He seemed fine to me um even in the Kansas City game. I mean coming off the bye, I don't think he's looked unhealthy. And all these people who are coming out of the woodwork now and talking about how his best traits are being able to run and he doesn't have this now, right? I mean, you know, Shield called this out well. You guys yeah. talked about it as well. These tropes that come out, unfortunately, in these times. The reason we're hearing all of this come out now isn't because he's not healthy. It's because the Eagles haven't lost in, in two months. And what happens is, like, they, they, they're ready to have these, like, like, completely garbage takes. And suddenly... They're all coming out, and they're coming out from players like Nick Bosa mentioned something about this. Well, we um, they're we coming out from people who we're not going to name, and these are and these are um, coming out now because the Eagles don't lose very often, and they and they don't know when the Eagles are going to lose again, and they have to get out all these garbage takes uh, during this short week here. Yeah, but, but I I I do want to say though I don't think it's 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 generalizing or you know, stereotyping or anything of that nature to say like Jalen Hurts is a really effective runner. He's a really good runner and that he should lean into that part of his game. And we haven't seen him run as effectively during these these past uh, f- few weeks now. He did, like you said, that that quarterback draw. We we, we know it's in him. This is a conversation. But the, but also the, had, the volume of called yes. quarterback runs has yes. definitely decreased. A, a, the, the Kansas City game and, uh, and in the, the Buffalo game, it was a little bit more. But it's but, not like when his shoulder was hurt last year and they came back and they ran all of the same inside zone runs that they had been all year, except now they didn't have the read element to them. Right. This year they have had the read element involved, both in the RPO yep. game where they leave the backside uh, edge unblocked and also in a lot of the inside zone runs. He's not keeping as many of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always like, you know, I, I'll, I'll try to figure it out or if I don't know, I'll ask. I'll ask Fran Duffy or somebody who who does know, like whether they think that Jalen made the made the right read. But the but the idea there is that like the calls do involve more read than they did when Jalen was injured last year. So like if that's our benchmark, he's this is not the Jalen is injured uh, playbook. Like it, it's just not. no. I I don't think it's the Jalen is is injured playbook, but I do think it. And this goes back to a major point that Bo had throughout the off season. I think this is like a let's keep Jalen. This is this is the franchise quarterback. Let's not expose him on the run as 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 frequently as in the past. I do think he's, he's mindful about escaping the pocket more. The the play when he slipped last week, you know, when I went back and watched it, uh, he could have tucked that and ran. Uh, he also could have thrown it. 
you know, but th- there were opportunities there. And, and it was, was second down. So, I mean, it's not like he had to. Ridiculous. He had to yeah, yeah. yeah but, he, but he was sitting in the pocket. Uh, and I, I, and he I, waited I, so long. I do yeah. think it, it. And he's you know, pointing at AJ to run to the other corner of the yeah, end zone. Yeah. And AJ's just all tied up with uh, with Ward yeah. and didn't didn't move. Even if it's unsaid, I, I, I do think there's there's uh, an initiative uh, or, well, I, I mean, perhaps initiative's too strong. I do think there's a recommendation to not run as often or as It's as interesting because it's philosophically different than the way that they're handling everything else this season, specifically the defensive line rotation, sure. right? Like, it's what we talked about yesterday. All of these things where they are sacrificing the long-term for the short-term, like, let's just try to win this game. They're not doing that with Jalen Hurts. So the, the defensive line rotation, by the way, and I, I know we're on the offense, but just real quickly as you brought it up, and I did ask Sirianni about this today, uh, they're sticking to this idea that they're just playing in more close games and they need these guys in high leverage snaps. It's not true. Now, that doesn't explain the first three quarters of games when it, it doesn't have to be that way. But I asked... The, the first quarter of games. Yes. I mean, I looked back at, at my notes from last season and the defensive linemen were rotating after five plays in the very first drive. Mm-hmm. And that's just not happening this year. I mean, when the other team goes on a 10-play drive to start the game, the uh, the D linemen are the same in, on every single snap. The D tackles will rotate a little bit. But you will not see Brandon Graham come in the game at times until the second quarter. Yeah, and I, I asked specifically about uh, Nolan Smith. Why Nolan Smith is not getting more of these snaps? Because uh, Derek Barnett was averaging just more than twelve snaps per game. Uh, the Eagles cut him, and ever since, and in the games that that Barnett's been absent, so even before when he was inactive, before they cut him, Nolan Smith has only played on average four more snaps per game. So it's not as if he's getting those twelve snaps. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. And and Sirianni. Stood, said it's not about Nolan Smith. He said these games are tight, and you want the best guys in at the end. Obviously, with Hassan and with Sweat, those are the guys that have been our closers, and we want them in in that particular case. And Nolan, it's his job. It's his job to be the adult in the room. Like, Nolan Smith has played eighty-three snaps this season. Patrick Johnson played two hundred thirteen last <laughs> season. He was the fourth defensive end in most of the games. Two hundred thirteen snaps for Patrick Johnson, who is on the team this year. <laughs> And has dressed, he has dressed for all but two games this year and has zero snaps. So this is a guy who also somebody who could have been released instead of. Mm, yeah. And and I, I, I will say it's it's I mean, the they same. Had him inactive. Nobody wanted forty eight though. It's it's the same defensive line coach. It's the same edge rusher coach. Yes. The only yep. difference is the defensive coordinator yes. this year. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the only conclusion you can draw, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's. It's something that's interesting. All right, before we get to uh, this next uh, ad read, Dana, is there anything else that's on your mind in this on this side of the matchup between uh, the Eagles' offense and the Cowboys? Defense? Oh, about the offense. Well, um, we're, did you want to talk about like specifically uh, what happened in the first game against Dallas? Sure. That could be one way to go. Um, yeah. So, just just as a reminder, I know it was five weeks ago, which is exactly long enough that you might have forgotten, but long enough, hopefully, short enough that you'll remember these plays when I bring them up. Um, the offense was rolling for the first three quarters in that game. Touchdown, punt, touchdown, punt, touchdown, touchdown. Four touchdowns on six drives, getting 20 first downs on 22 series. That is off the charts good. And then it was uh, skewed at the end by three famous three and outs that let let Dallas keep on coming back and getting close to scoring. The A.J. Brown jump ball on third down, then the the fumble. Exactly, the fumble. One of them was a backstop, but yeah, sure. Um, But in that game, there were some beautiful plays. I mean, there was a a fourth and three 15-yard corner route to Dallas Goddard, who's back this game. That's the game in which he got hurt. 
Uh, the play where he got hurt was a 28-yarder on, on an RPO slide route where uh, he got hurt stiff-arming Marquez Bell. Those kinds of RPOs will be back and more effective with Dallas Gardner back. There was a beautiful 12-yard run by Kenny Gainwell for a touchdown where he, where he leaped That's into right, the end yes. zone on a play where that was an RPO with a bubble on the backside that, that you know took away three defenders. The quarterback run threat took away two defenders on that play. Uh, two guys just frozen watching Jalen on the backside, including... Uh, Micah Parsons, and so that's a play that um, was beautifully blocked on the front side as that's well. That's bad. That's bad scouting because you. I mean, you got to know when the Eagles get into the red zone, they're going to hand the ball to Kenny Gainwell. I mean, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, Brandon Lee Gowden, <laughs> shout out, uh, yeah. will will tell you that they give the ball to Kenny Gainwell on literally every yeah. red zone play. Um, gorgeous 19-yarder to Devontae Smith. Maybe the best throw of the year for Jalen Hurts, yes. who I've been told can't read defenses. That was a beautifully disguised cover two. Looked like press man cover one. Uh, Fran Duffy had a great video breakdown of it. Ball would go to A.J. Brown if he thought it was man. Instead, they back up into a, a, a funky cover two where everyone's kind of in different positions, and he throws it to Devontae Smith on a beautiful over route on uh, third and nine. That was awesome. Uh, there was a jet sweep by DeAndre Swift from uh, on an under center play. Um, and then, of course, um, Deron Blant, who has like, you know, 25 pick sixes yeah. or whatever, was was burned on that stutter go by Devontae Smith, a 20 yard, yeah. yard touchdown. So those are the plays that that were good. And I thought that in general, um, Micah Parsons, he did have one and a half sacks. He beat my one time. He won inside. Um, remember, that was the only game this year. Uh, in which Tyler Steen played right guard. Mm. And they had Micah Parsons actually lined up over Steen several times. He beat him pretty cleanly one time. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, Tyler Steen won't be playing this game. Um, Dallas played about 50% man coverage, which is very high. Um, you know, they're, they're third in the league at 38%. They played 50% that time. They blitzed seven or eight times. But the Eagles mostly handled, um, handled that well. Uh, both of those long Goddard plays I mentioned were against the Blitz. All right. Great insight. There you go. If you want to watch this game on Sunday, you want to head yourself to Arlington. Let's say you're uh, you're an Ed, DFOP Ed. Well, check out Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. The best recommendation I can give you, the best piece of Fact I can give you, Dane is used game time to buy his Super Bowl tickets last year. <laughs> I did. So there you go. And Feldman, me and Feldman. Yeah. Oh. Feldman. Shout right. out to Feldman. Yeah. Shout out to Feldman. Unfortunately, the, the luck has run out on Feldman. In terms yeah. of because we lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 No, it's true. Oh, and one. So you're Bowl. looking for new friends. Well, we, he has to climb to 500 there. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Tickets make great holiday gifts. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. Other side of the ball. We remember from... That game five weeks ago, C.D. Lamb going nuts. 
Jake Ferguson, a big factor, the middle of the field, a problem for the Eagles, just as it was last week. How much of a concern is that for you? Well, it was interesting. Um, looking back at that game, I was really wondering what Desai's plan was going to be for C.D. Lamb because against Justin Jefferson earlier in the season, yeah. uh, there were a lot of, um, you know, just flat-out double teams in man coverage. And also in zone coverage, there was always a safety kind of over um, Jefferson's side. So I thought maybe we'd see something similar with C.D. Lamb. Lamb had 11 catches on 16 targets for 191 yards in that game. And Slay sort of followed him around. Um, and, you know, he did beat Slay three times. So they had, you know, they 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 each won some there. Um, and he had that desperation catch at the end of the game as well. So that's four. The other seven catches made by C.D. Lamb in that game were against uh, other people in, in absolute mismatches. And, and I thought I was really surprised that the entire game, there was one dedicated double team against C.D. Lamb, and he came very late in the game on that fourth down that they threw to Tolbert that Bradbury broke up. Right. That was the only play the entire game in which there was a dedicated double team to C.D. Lamb. They double teamed Jake Ferguson on the first play of the game. It was a target to Lamb. It was very weird. Uh, and I, I had to watch the film back a few times, and I had to like ask Fran about it and stuff. It was like, they're doubling it. And he was like, yeah, I don't understand. So, um, <laughs> um, so the, uh, the, the, the plays that he made, I mean, he cooked Eli Ricks on a beautiful over and back route when the safety is shaded over to the other side. This is early in the game. These are in chronological order. And it's like, why is Eli Ricks suddenly the third down? That's the kind of first game where yeah. this was the case. He's suddenly, was, was he out. is suddenly. Yeah, I was about the, to say that. Roby yeah. was out, but exactly. Eli Ricks, they played a lot of big nickel in that game with Sidney Brown as the nickel early on in early downs. And then Eli Ricks, who didn't play slot corner in college, is suddenly third down uh, slot corner specialist against the other team's best receiver. Uh, for a Super Bowl contender as a rookie, I thought that was a little. Uh, it's been an interesting experience. I think Ricks has a potentially good future, but I mean, this yeah. does not seem to be the time or the or the situations in which to use him. Um, in two man coverage, he had a twenty yarder uh, again, beating Ricks on a, on an out. That play um, was in ten personnel, so Dallas used a lot of ten personnel in that game. And the Eagles, for some reason, countered that with regular nickel and two-man coverage multiple times. What that does is it means you have to have a linebacker covering a wide receiver in man coverage. And we had Zach Cunningham covering Tolbert there, and Tolbert just burned him. Like right off the line, the ball ended up going to Lamb for the 20-yarder, but there were multiple people open. My point here is that there were, like, the side wasn't that sensitive to having Lamb have those mismatches. He didn't I mean, treat Lamb he, like he Yeah, I mean, he beat, he beat uh, Zach Cunningham out of the backfield on a Texas route. You're going to say, okay, he's lined up as a running back. They got us on that one. You know, that was right. clever. You know, the Eagles have used Devontae Smith that way. Um, so let's forgive that one. But then there was another one where um, he just beats uh, Sidney Brown in, in man coverage. And, you know, in the slot um, as the big nickel, just, you know, uh, you can have Slay follow him inside. You can not play man when you have the big nickel package in. I mean, there are different things you can do to prevent that. Um, he beat Sidney Brown later as well. Um, I just thought that it was not a... Jefferson or Travis Kelsey even, yep. uh, or Christian McCaffrey even, uh, treatment for C.D. Lamb. And I found that surprising. I would be shocked if he doesn't get that treatment this right. time. Yeah, so it, it was actually comparable to a strategy that Jim Schwartz used against Julio Jones in 2016, uh, which was let Julio get his. We're not going to let anyone else on this team beat us. Like We're not going to let that secondary receiver go off. You and should that, triple team Jake Ferguson. Uh, and, and so that... that uh, that worked well in that they won that game, but it was a close call. Although the Eagles did handle that game, um, you know, throughout. I think the point that Bo made is an apt one that they did not have Bradley Roby, and I think 
the trust level in Bradley in Bradley Roby is quite high. Uh, Bo's gonna. Let, I don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I Bo's don't know gonna why. laugh when I say this, but Bradley Roby's a primetime player, as as has been well established. That's right. This is a primetime game, <laughs> yes. so this, these are the only games that he shows up for. <laughs> yeah, these are the these are the Bradley Roby games, if you will. Yes. But this is uh, uh, you know, Davidson Garrow had a good piece today on NBC Sports Philly about how Bradley Roby actually asked for more reps in practice this week because he's expecting to see C.D. Lamb. So I'm 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 thinking this is going to be a game where you're going to see a lot of Bradley Roby, and they're going to trust. Uh, you know, this is why Bradley Robe is here, is to lock down that nickel spot. I mean, I think that's <laughs> terrifying if they yeah. think that's the solution. Roby did not look good in the last game. I mean, there were multiple plays where he just was was not reacting very well to motion. And everything I'm hearing out of Dallas and watching their last couple of games as well is they're doing a lot more motion than they did uh, before that week nine game. So it was that's a 425 game that they're gonna... in San Francisco. So All right. Last thing uh, on this side of the ball before we get to uh, Goose Wisely, Danez. The third down defense. Yeah, I know you've been tweeting about it a little bit this week. What what is jumping out to you there? Yeah, so in in that game, Dallas had 15 third downs. Uh, they converted six of them, but then they converted three more on fourth down. And you know, just looking at this defense for the season, um, you know, 47 percent conversion rate allowed on third down is dead last. But when you include the fourth down conversions, 13 of them for the season, which leads the league, by the way, in fourth down conversions allowed. The Eagles lead the league in fourth down conversions uh, converted and allowed, which yeah, is so which is kind good, of fun. A good bit of yeah, so if you only watch Eagles games, you probably think like teams convert fourth down all the time. Um, my son, who who who's five, by the way, uh, anytime he watches any random game, just for a few more days. Fourth, that's that's right, that's right. Just for two more days. Um, anytime it's like fourth and eight on their own twenty-five or something, right. he asks me, "Why are they punting? <laughs> Why are they punting?" Because he's used to you know. You trained him well. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, the, the rate goes up to 55%, which is just crazy. I mean, like 55% of the time, the opposing team has had a third down against the Eagles. Um, they've ended up converting now. That's insane. The, the, the Eagles defense is ninth in the league at getting to third down. I know Zach wanted me to come up with a different name for that stat and I haven't (laughs) been able to any suggestions from the chat would be great. So this is the, the rate at which. The team does not give up a first down on the first two downs. So getting to third down is what I call it. So the you Eagles are early down defense. I feel like. Yeah, sure. But yeah. not not in terms yeah. of yards, of just course, not yeah. not allowing the conversion. So nine times, uh, my wife's a demographer. She would call it survival rate, maybe. But I, I don't want to call it that because that sounds like like you die when you give up a first down. Right. Or something. Um, so uh, ni- so ninth in the league at getting to third down. Coaches will tell you. Anytime you ask them, you guys know this, anytime you ask them about third down, they'll tell you it's really about first and second down. Like, you know, like it's, it's because we're, it's, we're allowing third and short. So of course we're not going to get out of those. Well, listen to this. This is, this is crazy. I have to check the numbers on this. 93 of the 166 third downs. That's 56% of the time. The other team has been in third down. It has been six plus yards to go. That is not normal. Like the, the league average in that is in the high thirties. So uh, six plus yards to go. And of those 93, 33% 33% of those were converted, and that is not normal either. That is not a normal conversion rate on something that long. So it's not that the distances to go are short. In fact, what do you think when you think third down? They like, have like, they're, they're running they're, the ball on third and one. No, right. only 14 of the 79 third down conversions against the Eagles have been runs. The other 65 have been passes. I mean, that's like more than five a game where you're standing up in the stands and, and getting all loud on third down and everything, and then you have to sit back down. It feels like that, too, especially at home games. You can really feel that. 
energy gets sucked yeah. out of the crowd. Like it would almost be better to just give up a first down on and what's on second down. Is, as as you yeah. talked about those those sacks. Yeah, so I was I was gonna bring this up and 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 credit the Shield Capati on Philly Special Pod. Um, because he he made this point and it's apt is that if 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 you want to kind of point a finger on third down to me, I'm looking at the pass rush. This defense is built around the pass rush. The Eagles mm-hmm. are 31st in the NFL, tied for last, tied for 31st with the Chicago Bears, uh, with seven third down sacks. Only seven third down sacks. And now, to your and to your point, these are not short yardage yeah, situations. And oh no, yeah, plenty yeah, of opportunities yeah, yeah. on third and six plus. Exactly. Yeah. And then you can say, well. Uh, you're skewing these numbers because maybe teams are, are seeing more third down passes. So let's do percentage sacks per drop back. The Eagles are last, dead last in the NFL with 4.8 sacks per drop back on, th- on third down. Uh, so those are damning statistics for this pass rush that is overworked. Now you look at it last year and you say, okay, third down last year, they were number one in the NFL in sacks per drop back at 18.2%. On third downs. On third downs, okay. yep. And they were number one in the NFL on third down sacks with 32, which was eight more than the next team. And uh, to also use a, a, a thing that, that that Shield likes to say, the distance between the Eagles at number one and number two, eight sacks, is the distance between the second place team or the second ranked team the New England Patriots, and you'd have to go to the 16th ranked team from last, year. from last year. So that shows you how effective they were at sacking the quarterback last year compared to this year. No, and, uh, and yeah. all of this is even more important this week and worrisome this week because in that last matchup, the Cowboys' offensive line really dominated them, and this is like this. It, it, we used to go into every week expecting the Eagles to have the advantage on the line of scrimmage. And on, at least on this side of the ball, that is not the case. This yeah, season. Terrence Steele, the right tackle, the only exception to that. Late in that game, Brandon Graham had two sacks from that side. Josh Sweat had the famous Moved one over, where he was yes. celebrating while they were about <laughs> to snap the ball. Excellent A.J. Brown mic'd up there where he just yells like, get your ass back yes. there. That was great. Exactly. We were all yelling it, yeah. the same thing. Um, but uh, look, the 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 that game, they, the Dallas offensive line had an incredible game. I mean, I, I, I've never seen like that kind of consistent, um, you know, success from one side of one side of an offensive line, the left side in particular, they were really good. Um, but sacks are a quarterback stat sacks are an offense stat in general um, when it comes to allowing them. And the Eagles have played San Francisco, Buffalo, Miami, Kansas city, Dallas, the Rams. These are all teams that are top 10 in DVOA offense this year. Those are the, the top four, the first four I mentioned, and then the eighth and the ninth. So that's six out of 12 games were against teams that are top 10 DVOA. So all of these defensive numbers are skewed by this. And this is the thing that I'm saying when I'm, I don't want to, you know how much I don't want to say that, um, you know, the defensive coordinator is the problem here mm-hmm. after what, you know, what I thought about the last defense coordinator. So um, last year, do you know how many games the Eagles played against top 10 DVOA offenses? And do you know who they were? There were three games. One was Detroit week one. Mm-hmm. And that didn't go well, by the way. Um, And it's not like we knew that they were going to be that good. Jacksonville, in a game where Trevor Lawrence couldn't hold the ball because it was raining. And then the Giants, believe it or not, finished the season 10th in DVOA. But come on, like, what are we, like, you know, let's be serious. So um, the point is that. And that is until. It it all played out in the Super Bowl. Exactly. Exactly. Blame the turf if you want, but like, that's the quarterback, that's the offense. Exactly. And, you know, I tweeted last night, like, uh, points per drive for all the games for the offense and the defense from the last two seasons, just so you could see where this season's fit in. 
And please pay attention to the opponents when you're looking at that. Like, don't just look at, you know, how many of the games are from this year. Look at who they're against. I mean, the, the, the Eagles have played the fourth most difficult schedule of offenses in the league. If you're going to compare them to Dallas's defense, keep in mind that Dallas has played the 31st most difficult schedule, and this is by EPA per play averages and that kind of thing. So it's a it's a it's a play by play metric. Uh, meanwhile, the Eagles' offense has faced the seventh most difficult defenses. Dallas has faced the 22nd most difficult. So when you're comparing the teams, just keep that in mind. Yeah. So I, I my pushback to that would would be this isn't my son's elementary school that we're grading on in terms of the curve. We're doing Ivy League. Shots taken yeah, in hey, elementary school. Yeah, he got a plus on an assignment. That's not an A, B, or C. Like, come on. Um, this is the he's curve. In kindergarten, I believe. He's in first, first grade. grade. First By grade. the way, I grade on a curve he, in every class that I teach, and I don't understand not grading on a curve. No, but I'm saying— I've never understood it. I'm saying, but, but I'm, uh, I mean, the Eagles are being judged against Ivy League students here, right? That if, if you're going to win in the postseason— the teams you're you're gonna have to beat are San Francisco and Dallas, and if you win the Super Bowl, it's gonna have to be against the Kansas City or Miami or Baltimore. So, so you're my saying- point is that that the, yeah, it affects the rankings and the stats right now. But I'm not letting them off the hook because they're playing against good teams. When in essence, in in, in order for them to achieve what this season is about, they're gonna have to beat those teams in January and February. Yeah, I mean, Bo always talks about variance. I, I, I yeah. feel like I'm still more comfortable knowing that this defense can shut out Miami and sure. Kansas City in the second half. Well said. Those are the third and fourth best offenses in the league. And then occasionally, you know, have a game like this last one, um, then know that, that you know, it's not right. going to go well against then, Mahomes. Then piling up stats against the teams they were doing right. against last and decide, year. And decide, try so many different things, so many different yeah. coverages, so many different personnel groupings. Seven snaps, a big penny last week. You heard it here first. That's right. That was the, was the, uh, the second game all year in which that, that had been used. Uh, it didn't necessarily Rashad go. Penny, another guy who definitely needs to be on the roster. <laughs> All right, let's talk about FOCO because FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. Overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% off. Saw Dallas Goddard like uh, doing an Instagram yeah. post with yeah. FOCO with his girlfriend. By the way, so Professor Selman's in my head right now. Because I, as well, I'm right here for one thing. Yeah, you, no, you, you as, just heard me talking. As we've talked about, I, I, <laughs> I, t- I taught my first course this summer uh, at Colorado State, and I did not grade on a curve. So I, I'm going to need to reassess that for this upcoming this summer. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of hashing it out, let's get to Goose Wisely. Hey, but I have to just two two quick things on the defense please, please, that please. I, I have to get off my chest. Um, the defensive version of the run the ball sign. Says what? Blitz. Exactly. <laughs> the Eagles defense, when not blitzing, is average. 16th in EPA per play, 13th in success rate. When blitzing, you guys want to hear the numbers? Yes. 32nd in EPA per play, really? 31st in success rate. And, and it's not surprising. Game, I mean, they're right? blitzing Nicholas Morrow. And like it's like a like a slow blitzer that's the you're taking a person out of the middle of the field, and then those inbreakers and whatnot are getting yak, and that's exactly what happened last week against San Francisco on the on the couple of and blitzes. that is it is uh, five plus rushers right right so it's yeah not, we don't know it if it's it, yeah so it includes a, when right, exactly. it includes when there's five defensive linemen rushing uh, out of a like penny or, right. or base which um, 
I hate, by the way. Like they have this uh, this speed penny package with three DNs and, and two defensive tackles, You're and they're stunting and doing all the stuff. I do not understand that at all. Like I would rather have one extra person in coverage <laughs> there because those guys almost always end up like I'm not exaggerating. They almost always end up running into each other when they do those it stunts. It takes too long. It takes too long. They run into each other and fall down, and there's one less person in coverage. And it just the numbers will show it hasn't worked. Small sample. But the the film really shows it, so and I wish I, they'd stop doing two that. Things or? I did. What was the other one? Um, the other thing is that the early down success is making me hope. The, the, this is like the the statistical like you know analyst in me says that there are way more early downs than late downs. I mm. saw someone in the chat say the third down stat sounded noisy. Let's just hope that's what it is. There are way more first downs, obviously, than there are third downs, right? Um, way more second downs and third downs as well. And so the fact that this team has been good on that very large sample of first and second downs makes me hope that the third downs are noisy and that that, that will be the the reversion. Okay. All right, Zach. Uh, I'm up 7-4 in Goose Wisely. I will, uh, I will go first here. And, and, and the season's getting... Uh, you know, it's it's like if you if you play fantasy football, you see there there's there's not much time left, right? So there's not much time left in this, but the playoffs are coming as well. Maybe those will count for two. We can discuss. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Wait, uh, real quick, uh, the Eagles injury report is out. Oh, this okay. is a fun game we played last week and did very poorly on. The injury report. Um, Give us a name. Uh, I mean, do you just want me to say? Um, we did this exact same okay. thing last week, and now we have to Julio do the same Jones. Way. Questionable. No, he is has no injury status. Okay. okay. Grant Calcaterra. No injury status. No injury status. Fletcher Cox. No injury status. No injury status. Zach Cunningham. No injury status. No injury status. Dallas Goddard. No injury status. No injury status. Darius Slay. No injury status. No injury status. Jack Stoll. <laughs> Questionable. No injury status. So all 53 players. <laughs> and highly trusted. All 53 players are healthy enough to play on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be really nice to have Goddard back because Jack Stoll was open on two corner routes in this last game, just wide open. Alberto was wide open on a sail route. Jalen was never going to throw the ball to those guys. Like he's he's like just, he just right wasn't looking right at him. He just wasn't going to. Sirianni answered those questions with coach speak to protect his quarterback. He said that Jack Stoll wasn't part of the read on a on like a nothing corner combination. Yeah. Like AJ was clearly just sitting there to let the corner develop, and he, and he said he was a clear out. I mean. I, I don't think the truth serum would uh, would give the same answer. So, also, right. Bo, I want you to know that uh, in honor of Logan O'Hop, I am at the service of our audience today. That if Shohei Otani signs during the remainder of the show, okay. I will hasn't happened. Chime yet. in. It has not. But this flight from uh, Los Angeles or South Florida, John Wayne Airport, I, I believe, to uh, I'm sorry, not South Florida, South. I'm Southern California to Toronto is like the most tracked flight okay. in the history of, 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 of the internet. I've seen so many people I follow mentioning this flight going from John Wayne airport to Toronto. So if it's just like a random Southern Californian on this flight, it's good. It's, it's a pretty funny story. I thought you were coming in with the actual no, news. I was you didn't need to break in with, if this news happens, <laughs> then I will give it to you 55 minutes into the show. Yeah. You could have just waited to see if it happened and then jumped in. You know, we can play overtime today. That's that. That's fine. There's is there a hard out in a minute? No, I'm yeah. just I'm just okay. saying you didn't have to to yeah. tell us what you were going to do yeah. if it happens. <laughs> that's okay. All right, my first one for you is that Chris Collinsworth at some point during this broadcast says that Dak Prescott should be the MVP. Mm-mm. 
Okay. Or make he makes the case for <laughs> yeah. uh, Dak Prescott as MVP. Or uh, Shaq Leonard at some point in this game leaves with injury. I'm going with Collinsworth makes the Dak MVP case. Can you do a quick 15 seconds on Collinsworth giving the MVP case? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Shield loves doing this. Oh, right? oh Shield was the Collinsworth guy. Yeah, okay. Shield was the Collinsworth guy. All right, your yeah. Collinsworth needs some work. Yeah, okay. I'll work on my Jack Collinsworth and I'll come back to you. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, over to you. Okay, my first one here is, boom, 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 Shaq Leonard tackles or... Total touchdowns in this game. Okay, so I think you've I think you've forgotten the precise what, what uh, is way more, that this game works. Yeah, but, what, so so it's I'm either taking Shaq Leonard will have more tackles than yes. total touchdowns in this game, or there are more. It's only the twelfth time you're playing. Yeah, yeah, sorry, uh, I, mean, I, I I did this at two fifty one today. It took three from, years for Zach I was coming from the locker. Room, so. I was making this over unders actually, and all of mine are are, are, are like this. So uh, uh, which. Uh, which is greater, Shaq Leonard tackles? <laughs> no, that is not how it okay. works. Okay, Shaq Leonard has more tackles. Exactly. Okay. Like the Here you go. Time. Here you go, Bo. Okay, Shaq Leonard has more tackles than total touchdowns in this game, or there are more total touchdowns in this game than Shaq Leonard tackles. I'm gonna say uh, total touchdowns in the game is more than okay. Shaq Leonard tackles. What's your expectation for Shaq Leonard's role? Yeah, I think Shaq Leonard's gonna have a role, but not an every down role. So I, I, I think are there they will solo be... tackles? Uh, total tackles. Mm, okay. That might have been the right pick, but by the way, you understand what I'm asking here. This is this Yeah, is but like, it's it's not really the way the game is supposed to be played, but that's okay. I I just love that people are writing five in the chat. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh all right, I can't for you. win. I can't win. <laughs> Dallas Goddard finishes as one of the two leading receivers on the Eagles in this game. Mm-hmm. Or a Cowboys player finishes the game with more than one sack, so one point five would count. Uh, Dallas Goddard finishes one of the top two. Now is this top two uh, on both? On the Eagles. On, on the Eagles. Eagles. Okay, yeah, Dallas Goddard. Okay. And I'm sorry. I, so Dallas Goddard's back, and I think he's 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 gonna have a definite role. Uh, Devontae Smith has been hot recently. AJ Brown had that big game last week. Uh, but I, I think they're going to look to Goddard, and I like that that matchup that Goddard has this 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 week. Although I would definitely watch. Um, you know, if if Deron Bland is 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 on AJ Brown, uh, or if Deron if Deron Bland is on Devontae Smith, uh, he is known to be aggressive. He does have the interceptions, but he is known to be aggressive. So I would pay attention to whether the Eagles try some some double moves there uh, to try to get him the butt. I, I do. Who think, do you think among the other wide receivers plays the most snaps in this game? Who do you think plays the third most snaps? Quez Walker. I think so too. Yeah. I think I think the offense looks better yeah. with Quez there. It was uh, Quez last week. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I do think that there's a lot of respect in the Eagles building uh, for Al Harris, the former Eagle defensive back, who's the defensive backs coach for the Cowboys, who also played a similar style where he was aggressive on the ball. There you go. AJ, uh, AJ Brown's streak, the famous streak, was broken by the last Dallas game. Hmm. When he had the 125 yep. and all those games. Deron Bland and uh, Gilmore stayed on their sides against the Eagles. Um, but last week against Seattle, uh, Metcalf was kind of... Uh, you know, um, getting a lot of catches against Bland, and they they switched so that Gilmore was following him. I thought that was interesting. That was uh, interesting. Go ahead. So, by the way, this is a game that Bo created, okay? And I understand the two outcomes here. What I am doing is I'm putting a little difference. I'm doing a thematic 
uh, uh, thematic goose wisely that all of mine are over unders. Okay, so it's the it's an it's an or you can't, re- you can't retroactively try to yeah. <laughs> explain that you were doing something different when the truth is that you did it three minutes before the show started and no, I sort of forgot how the game worked. No, the, look, I'm uh, I'm I'm going with something different. You know, we 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 haven't. Uh, done a uh, DraftKings ad in a few weeks, but I I I want this to be uh, an homage to DraftKings, like like the over under. So what if, I mean, uh, <laughs> okay. So this one here, CD Lamb receiving yards. Uh, there's more CD Lamb receiving yards than Eagles rushing yards, or there okay. are more Eagles rushing yards than CD Lamb receiving yards. See now now Dennis can tell you that what 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 you are doing by virtue of doing this is you are you are uh like running up the score on how the the count is because every single one of yours one is definitely going to hit yes unless they're exactly the same yes right although uh professor selman did say earlier this year that mine were not hitting at all like i was proposing things that yeah, you were going swooper style and just saying things that were never going to happen. Yeah. So now I'm, 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 I'm actually taking my coaching. I'm listening to professor Selman. I'm taking my notes. Uh, and my week 14 is better than my week four. I'm going to say, <clears throat> I'm going to say Eagles rushing arts. I feel like, I feel hmm. like, you know, we've talked before about how sometimes the Eagles, uh, it feels like they build their game plan around like the, the rabbit eared, hmm. uh, reaction to the, the talk around town and i feel like there's so much talk about the running game this week and this matchup is built for them to lean into it getting back dallas goddard as you talked about this is that that you know that first time when those three guys are all playing together i feel like they are going to lean into the rushing yards i also feel like they will have a better plan for cd lamb like you talked about dennis maybe any plan at all and so give me the eagles rushing yards over the cd lamb receiving yards that was a good one that was a good one thank you I like that you said it was a good one uh, <laughs> that you you gave yourself. All right. Uh, for me, Dallas's third down conversion percentage is greater than the Eagles' red zone conversion percentage, or the Eagles lose the coin toss. This is a really good one. Okay. Uh, that's debatable. So the coin toss is 50-50. Okay, uh, that's 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 a that's an ACC education or a Big East education when I was there. <laughs> that's good. Okay, uh, no, no, I made sure to say because the Eagles will get to call because yes. they're the road team. So, so it's the Eagles losing, it's not the Cowboys winning. So third down is very seldom like really high, or I mean, it it, it can be really low, but you, but you're you're typically you know within you know plus or minus like twenty percent of fifty, right? So uh, sure. yeah. whereas red zone. You can get a hundred, like like you can you can you can get a hundred, you can get eighty. So um, I, I I'm gonna go with the Eagles uh, lose the coin toss here because I actually think there's there's a greater chance that the red zone's higher than the third down percentage based on just the the way these things tend to end up. Okay, Eagles had twelve straight touchdowns in the red zone before those first two <laughs> fails last week, but they did have two. Red zone touchdowns after that last week, so it was a normal game yep. in red zone. So red zone's been generally very good recently. All right, go ahead. Uh, so my next one, uh, Micah Parsons sacks and quarterback hits are greater than Hassan Reddick sacks and quarterback hits, or Hassan Reddick sacks and quarterback okay. hits are greater than Micah Parsons sacks and quarterback hits. Now Reddick has the has has the matchup on mm-hmm. Terrence Steele. I'm going to take Micah Parsons. And the, the Eagles have generally done a very good job against Micah Parsons, but um, Micah Parsons isn't having to play 90% of the snaps. So he's going to have fresher legs. 
Speaking of fresher legs, we should mention, which we haven't talked about, but you know, we, last week we talked about the Niners getting that extra rest. The Cowboys get it again. Kind of weird that the Eagles have to play back-to-back yeah. games with that being the case against two of the best teams that they play, but say la vie. It's only I, the two most pivotal yeah. games to determine the number one seed, but you know, we're not going to complain about that. I think behind the scenes, the Eagles are pretty miffed about the schedule. And I think that uh, I'm curious to see when we do our show in... Well, the schedule comes out in May, like uh, like like May twelfth or thereabouts. I'm curious to see if if the Eagles uh, get some favors in next season's schedule, like nope. some some things they request or some favorable things, because I think that the uh, I think there are people in uh, on Park Avenue on 345 Park who are aware of this Eagles schedule. Lurie has been an owner for almost as long as Jerry Jones. I mean, the one time that he complained about Dallas getting the never having to go on the road on yep. for a Thursday night game. It immediately got shut down, and we haven't heard about it since. So it's a, it's a little annoying that he, he's not able to use his, all of those years of, you know. Of clout. Mm. By all the right. way, good piece today by Mike Sando of The Athletic, ranking the owners and kind of putting wins and losses to the owners. I, I, I thought that was a good piece. Where did Jeffrey rank? He ranked, well, he ranked number 10 uh, in there, uh, I believe. In total wins or in No, percentage? no, no, in the rankings of the owners. He, oh. he, he did owner of rankings. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Last one for you, Zach. The Eagles lose by double digits or Julio Jones's receiving yards are greater than the time of your post-game appearance. So the time. That, so okay. let's pretend that uh, it's just, it really, I mean, it's only going to be the hour that, that okay. matters. So, you know, this could be an 11-ish. This could and be And we're one. talking Eastern time, no. right? Yes. Okay. So. And it's important though, because I'll be on Central Time. When yeah. We need at. Zach with a phone, like in the locker room in the post game. I agree. Are you guys allowed yeah. to do that? And that 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 would, would be awesome. That would be great because it would bring in the possibility of what everybody has been asking for, which is more nudity on the show. <laughs> um, we are not allowed to broadcast live from the locker room. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I, I can step outside and and call or like FaceTime, but uh, you, you, there's no live feed from the locker. Got room. it. Got it. Um, number one and. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's... He's a backdrop. Every man. reporter has a different strategy. Um, I'm not big on on holding up the phone when I'm talking. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do it more now because we are working for uh, a video out, you know, a, a digital out, outlet here. But my interviews, I prefer them to be much more conversational. And I always find when you're holding up a phone and talking, it's, it's not conversational. It's much more performative. Um, so especially Bo knows this, like, like when you're working the post game locker room, you want the guy to be at ease. You don't want him to feel like he's giving you like the same stuff as everyone else. You want him to just be shooting the shit after a game. Yeah. No, that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. It was just a, yeah. I hadn't really thought it through yeah. either. I just kind of, um, so Eagles. So uh, to answer this, this question, time of my post game appearance, uh, hmm. so the game is eight. It's likely a 12, but it could be a one. It could yeah. be 11. Okay, so Julio's receiving yards is... I don't know how many receiving yards. I guess I'll go Eagles lose by double digits here. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I don't think Julio's going to have like a big receiving yards game. And so he's going to... What is he going to have a big game of? What's that? He's not going to have a big receiving yards game. Is he going to have a big... Uh... You know, kicking game. <laughs> well, there's Julio's coming. There's there's going to be a Julio game, and we're going to be doing a show this summer where you're just going to casually say, "Oh, the Julio game," and I'll say, "Yeah, the Julio game," and it'll be part of the Philadelphia vernacular. 
Uh, that like, is so much more likely to we, be we, in the negative no, connotation we, than it is. No. Like, Hopefully uh, things go well and it'll be week 18 against the Giants. who will be catching touchdowns from Tanner McKee. It, it, that could happen. I mean, I think there's 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 going to be a big play that Julio Jones makes. And I, just, you're gonna, I, I, I do think and that if we're referring to a game as the Julio game, it feels so much more likely that it's, yeah. you know, he dropped a pass. or Through gritted teeth, through gritted teeth, you are going to say... You're right. The 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 best receiver. Well, you must not know me very well. The best, re- yeah. You you would not say you were right. You, you would find a way to rationalize it. But the best receiver of our generation made a play that the Eagles shifted, signed Calvin Johnson. That shifted, actually sort of tracks ooh, with the rest of their shifted the outcome of, roster building of, of the game. And so yeah, Julio is coming. I'm not that. I I, I never. I mean, said he's when. an eligible receiver on the team. It would it would stand to reason that at some point he's going to do something, but you know it hasn't happened. Oh, I'm not other saying than that one touchdown. I'm not saying Covey is coming. I'm saying Julio is coming. I think Covey's probably coming more than Julio is. All right, last one for you. Okay, last one from me. Nolan Smith has more snaps than Jake Elliott has points, or Jake Elliott has more points than Nolan Smith has snaps. I'm gonna take Nolan Smith snaps. Even if it's, you know, 12 or 13, which would be a season high. uh, I think that's probably likely to be a little bit more than than the Elliott points. You're not expecting a big field goal game. Yeah, I mean, all I'm doing is just guessing 50-50 on red zone chances, which are usually better than 50-50. So I feel like the Eagles defense is going to be on the field a lot in this game. So I'll take uh, I'll take Nolan Smith. All right. uh, Before we close it out with the oh, no, we got to We got to do our uh, our doubles here. Yes. Do you have one in mind for you? Uh yeah, so I actually liked the first one, the Collinsworth MVP thing. I mean, I I, I think that's gonna be uh that's yeah. that's look, you're appealing to the general fan. Dak Prescott's been in in the uh, media today for a hand, he was on the Today Show. I believe he had an, an interview with uh, Craig Melvin um, on the Today Show. I uh, I saw there was an ad with Dak Prescott. Uh, he's getting this MVP buzz. It has to be worked in somehow. Now he now he doesn't have to say he's going to have to be the MVP, but Chris Collinsworth mentions MVP and Dak Prescott. Yeah, but I he has to affirm the case. He can't just say he is a he is a, an MVP candidate. Okay, but so so does he have to say he's my MVP or does he have no? To say, but he has to make the, he has to at least talk about why okay he why could, why yeah. he's an yeah, MVP yeah. candidate. Yeah. Okay. The most likely thing, he, like he's going to make a good play, and yeah. he's going to say, "This is why people are saying." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes. He's not going to say he's uh, not going to be the I one think that's count. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I always like a Chris Collinsworth. He's someone who who who, who returned calls, so um, oh, I'm give him Big flex. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with my. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles' rushing yards over the CD Lamb receiving yards. I'm leaning into that uh, that okay. rabbit-eared game plan. All right, before we get into the uh, close this out with the Crystal Ball Eagle predictions. Dane is we you talked about it last week mm-hmm. that if the Eagles lost these two games, mm-hmm. everybody would be saying that they are no longer uh, in first place in the division. The standings will read that mm-hmm. way, but that may not be the case. Where do we stand now? You know, uh, tiebreaker wise, standings wise, the, the the stakes of this game. Yeah, I heard on WIP yesterday someone said, um, you know, like if the Eagles lose this game, they're going to lose control of the division, and you know that is again, as I said last week, that is not true. If the Eagles lose this game. And I'm going to knock on wood here because I do not want that to happen. Um, then Dallas will appear to be ahead of the Eagles in the division standings. That's because they will have the same record tied head to head. And Dallas will be four and one in the NFC East. The Eagles will be three and one in the NFC East. 
obviously, once those games are played, and if they both went out, they would both be 5-1, and one, and then it would go to record versus common opponents, which would be tied as well. And then it would go to NFC record, which the Eagles would win. And that's because all of Dallas's losses are to NFC teams, whereas the Eagles lost to the Jets, which is obviously an AFC team. And so the Eagles would win the tiebreaker at 14-3. and three. Um, The Eagles could lose the tiebreaker to Dallas if both teams drop a game after. And the Eagles drop okay. within, within the division, for example, obviously. Or if uh, Dallas loses to Detroit, which is an uncommon game, and the Eagles lose to somebody else, then... Um, Dallas would win the common opponents tiebreaker. So it's not uh, okay. So so, not, so the Eagles have not clinched right. the tiebreaker, but in the 14 and 3, 14 and 3 situation, so Dallas wins this game and then both teams win out, in that situation the Eagles would win the division. So the Eagles would still control their own fate for the division even with a loss. And let's look on the bright side, what would happen if the Eagles win? First of all, they could clinch a playoff spot for those of you who care about that kind of stuff. Uh Seattle loss, Rams loss, uh, Green Bay plus Minnesota losing or Green Bay plus Detroit losing. Any of those four things the Eagles would clinch this week. That doesn't really matter. More importantly, the Eagles would obviously guarantee the tiebreaker over Dallas head to head, right? Like, you know, we know this. That would mean that any combination of two Eagles wins and Dallas losses in the remaining eight games would win the Eagles the division. So the division would basically be over, obviously. But also, this is not as obvious, the Eagles would virtually guarantee the tiebreaker over the Detroit Lions in that situation because this is a common game with Detroit and it would guarantee that the Eagles don't lose the uh, common opponent's tiebreaker. They could tie the common opponent's tiebreaker, but then they would almost definitely win the strength of victory tiebreaker, like over 99% chance. And so, um, and I do track those myself and, and I can tell you <laughs> that there is a very small possibility Detroit wins it, but it's it's not going to happen. So winning this game would basically guarantee tiebreakers over Dallas and Detroit, which would essentially mean that the rest of the season, realistically, would be all about, is it the one seed or the two seed? Which is a which huge, is a huge Which is obviously yeah. huge, yes. And obviously we know that San Francisco has the head-to-head over the Eagles and also um, the three-way tie, San Francisco, Detroit, Eagles, if it came down to that that would also go to San Francisco. The head-to-head game does not matter in that three-way tie, so there was a world in which the Eagles could have won it. But unfortunately, San Francisco has two AFC losses. They lost to Cleveland Mm. and Cincinnati, so they would actually have the best NFC record if the teams all end in a tie. And for those who are curious, San Francisco has Seattle this weekend at home. Their, Their remaining schedule is at Arizona, home against Baltimore, which is a tough game, at Washington, home against the Rams to end the season. Yeah, that, that hopefully again and hopefully again and uh, fucking guts these guys again. <laughs> there you go. All right, Zach. Uh, well, Dennis, do you want to give a prediction or uh, wait? Real quick, uh, by the way, uh, we have a great promotion right now. Uh, yes. On on allphly.com. we uh, signed Shohei Otani. <laughs> uh, our our diehard tier. Look at that. It's fifty nine ninety nine. Typically seventy nine ninety nine. It basically pays for itself. You get a, you get outstanding content. Uh, that, you know, exclusive content, like it, a Bose sermon yesterday behind there. Um, I'm going to have a Q&A tomorrow night with a, uh, a prominent eagle who factors into something in the news tomorrow night. That's your tease. And I'm very excited about that. That's, that's going to be, uh, well, that, 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 that's also going to be for the diehard tier. But uh, I mean, all the Philly coverage, like Derek Bodner's analysis and, you know, Kyle Newbeck and Charlie O'Connor, we have outstanding coverage that, 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 that you can find uh, for the diehards. In addition to that, you get a shirt, you get a great box, you know, gift package there. Uh, so, and this is a rare sale. It's not one of these things that if you don't 
act on it now, you're going to have it in three months or four or, or four months. This, we don't do these diehard sales often. So act on it now, $59.99 for a yearly membership. Did you want to give a prediction? I'm not going to give a prediction this okay. week after what happened last week. Zach? Yeah. So I, I don't want to seem reactive. And I want to preface this by saying before the season, when we did the wins and losses, I predicted a loss to the Dolphins as, as one of the losses. I predicted a loss to the Cowboys on the road as, 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 as one of the losses. Since we've done this show, the only game that I predicted them losing was the Dolphins, and that followed a loss to the Jets, right? So I don't want it to seem as if the only time that I'm picking losses are when the Eagles lose and, like, I'm just playing, you know, the, you know I'm, I'm, I'm reacting to what just happened. This is a tough place to play. Dallas has won 14 in a row for a, a reason. I've been talking since March that Dallas is a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and you're seeing that right now. Like, like Dallas is awesome. Um, they're a good team. Dak's, Dak's hot. They have weapons. Uh, they have a pass rush. Uh, obviously, they, you know, we, we saw they were in the game in Philly. This is a tough spot. The Eagles haven't won there since 2017. I think the Eagles are going to respond with a better game than they played against San Francisco. I think this is a team that's pissed off. I think this is a team that uh, that, that 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 wants to show that last week was a blip. I don't think this is like the Seattle game in 2014. I think this is more comparable maybe to the New Orleans game, you know, the the San Francisco loss. I don't think it's it's like the Seattle game. I think it's more comparable to the, to the New Orleans game. But that New Orleans game, by the way, they did not run the table. I think they won five of their next six games in 2018. There was a loss in there. And the loss for the Eagles for this one is going to be Sunday night in Dallas. Tough spot. Like you said, Dallas has more rest. The Eagles are in the middle of this gauntlet. They got to travel there. Uh, now, they are healthier going into this, and they get Dallas Goddard back. Uh, and I think it's going to be close. It's a three-and-a-half-point Line, I think 52 point over under. Um, I am going with Dallas Cowboys 28, Philadelphia Eagles 26. Oh, splitting it. So the Eagles uh, beat the spread. Eagles cover 28 26. But, is that like a, is that like a uh, game winning field goal? Uh, for the Cowboys to get the 28? Yeah. No, the Probably Cowboys not, scored yeah. four touchdowns. They haven't missed a field goal, right? Yeah, Brandon aubrey has oh. been been playing well for them. Uh, I I think that uh, the Eagles this this might be a, a game where they settle for field goals. It might be more of a mm. Jake Elliott game, and you know we're kind of asking why didn't you either finish in the in in the Play red Nolan zone Smith or, more snaps. Or, or some of those third downs. I expect Dallas Goddard to have a big game. I think one of the receivers. Tops 100 yards, but not both of them. Uh, I know that's that's not much of a bold prediction, but I think it's a big game for Jalen Hurts, and I'm, I'm I'm curious to see how he responds. I I don't think he played well last week against San Francisco, and I think a lot of the conversation has been well, I shouldn't say a lot of the conversation when there's been national analysts right. who are ripping on him, but but I'm, I'm focused more on the local conversation. Local conversation isn't it doesn't necessarily go for like the the you know let's just talk about the quarterback and make outlandish statements the local conversation has been more focused on on the on the defense i don't think it's been as focused on the fact that that jalen did not play as well as he needed as as well as he needed to play so i want to see how he responds going back to texas uh it's gonna be a great game i look forward to being on the post game show discussing it yeah i I think um (laughs) i am guilty of this too and like you think of this guy is a good player he's gonna play at this level and there's not like week to week variance. Like you can have a good day at your job and a bad day at your job. And mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts had a bad day at his job last Speak week. Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, 
I think that there's a lot to like about this Eagles team. Uh, I think they I think they should be able to get back to running the ball. Um, I they can't be any worse on defense this week than they were a week ago. Unfortunately, the organization is going down the drain, uh, as evidenced <laughs> by the release, uh, the waving of Christian Ellis. And you know when you uh, sell your soul, uh, the devil comes to collect. Ooh. And uh, the Cowboys are going to win this game 45-17. Wow. Uh, that's, that's just the comeuppance that you get for doing what the Eagles did to Christian Ellis. So sorry to say that that's, uh, that's how this is going to play out on Sunday. But we're going to be here to talk about it before and afterwards on the PHLY Eagles pregame and postgame show. We are here, I think, 7.55, half an hour before kickoff on Sunday night. And then live after the game with Jamie Lynch joining me. Zach is going to be there in Arlington. Any big uh, any big Arlington plans? I don't get into late. Um, I was debating whether to do Dallas or Fort Worth. Dallas would have allowed me to go to the uh, the Kennedy Museum, which I have of gone course. to a number of times. Oh, I don't think it's changed yeah, much. Are you, since are you getting more really. every time you go? Uh, what's that? Are you getting something new every time? <laughs> well, you, there's always something to learn. If you okay. if you're through learning, you're through, right? Uh, but give me, give me five seconds on who you think shot him. Oh, I mean, it's fair. I mean, I think Lee Harvey Oswald was a, was a soul gun. Was, was, was this, there, used was to be, there used to be a museum right near there called the Conspiracy Museum, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was fantastic. <laughs> I just remember we visited Emily's family from from that area. Oh yeah, okay. and um, and and I thought that the Conspiracy Museum yeah. was very fun. Um, I I've been to both college campuses, TCU and SMU. No doubt, yeah. Uh, so it's not as if there's a college campus. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I am, I'm, uh, this is a business trip. I'm, I am in and out and looking forward to being down there. All right. I know you need to wrap. Just one really quick thing. Go ahead. Just Jalen Hurts rarely lets us get inside his head, right? You, you can, you cannot tell what he's thinking usually. Monday night game week two in 2022 against the Vikings. He was asked like, you know, what are you thinking about this game or whatever? And he said, we all remember the last time we were on Monday Night Football. Hmm. I haven't forgotten what happened. And I I had to look up, like, what, <laughs> what, what is he talking about? And he was talking about week three in Dallas in 2021, the 41-21 loss. And that is the only time that Jalen Hurts in this, I guess he played at the end of 2020 as well, but that is the last time that Jalen Hurts started in Dallas. There is no way that if he's remembering Monday night, uh, that he's not remembering the last time he started in Dallas. And I think he's going to come out extra motivated for this one. All right. Good note to end on. That'll do it for the PHLY Eagles podcast for Julia and Steve Wolf and all of us here at PHLY for Dayniz and Zach. We wish uh, Evren and Casey Wolf a happy early birthday, happy uh, birthday party weekend. We'll talk to you on Sunday. And as always, we love you. 